Incoming transmission. Radio Rebellion. Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Alberto Calderon. That's my name. How are you guys doing? Thank you, as always, for being here on another great Saturday evening talking Star Wars. And today we have, oh man, it's an amazing show today. So our guest, I can't wait for you guys to meet him. Um... How are you guys? It's been a week in Star Wars. It's been slow, not a lot of news, a few rumors out there that we won't touch, but everything has been WandaVision this week. Yesterday's finale was great, in my opinion. Those emotional beats really hit hard. Uh, some people disappointed with not a big surprise at the end, but whatever. I thought that showed it great, but that's WandaVision, and we're not here to talk about the MCU. We're here to talk Star Wars, so hopefully you guys had a good week, a good Star Wars week. Uh, nothing really stands out for myself, at least. Um, I had someone at work, not from my work, but someone that we were close by, went into my office at work. So all of my Star Wars memorabilia that I have. And then she said, oh, but what if you, at some point you stop liking Star Wars? And, and I'm like, eh, it's not going to happen. Oh, you never know. I know. It's it's not going to happen. Uh, Star Wars will be with, with me and the Rebellion forever. So... Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and start this show. I know I usually take a few minutes, talk to you guys, see how things are going. But today, our guest today, I, I just got to bring him in. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about. We've done a similar show back in season one. I did one of my favorite shows so far was talking about the weird creatures in Star Wars. You know me. You've seen this show. I love my weird creatures in Star Wars and everything weird. So I did a just a show focusing on weird creatures but today we're talking about our favorite creatures just from the movies we're not touching the animated series uh there's a lot to go on that end so maybe we'll do that in the future do a separate one just for our favorite creatures from the animated shows i should say the tv shows because mandalorian has a lot of great creatures but today we're focusing on our favorite creatures from the skywalker saga so sorry rogue one sorry solo so we won't touch those yet. Another show. So let's go ahead and start. Um, let me put my before I start because I always forget this and I leave it to the end. Make sure if you're watching this on the live show, first of all, first of all, thank you as always. Make sure you like our video. Make sure that you comment if you're watching this later on the replay or later after you watch this. Go back into the comments. Let us know some of your favorite creatures in all of Star Wars. And subscribe, subscribe to the channel is always helps. I think we're up to 92 subscribers, so we're this close, only eight more to get to 100. And like I said before, once we get to 100 subscribers, we'll do something special, a live commentary or a live watch of a movie, TV episode. I don't know. We'll figure that out later. We gotta get to 100 first. All right, so that's it for our introduction. So let me go ahead and bring 
in our guests. And I gotta read this. I usually do my own intros, but I got, I have to write this down. So here we go. Today, our guest, he is the leader of the Kowakia Monkey Lizard Army. He's a YouTuber, a DJ, producer, toy and video game collector. And from what he says, he's also an incredible lover. We'll take his word for it. But he's basically an average jester and he's here with his earth brother bob rum to talk about alien creatures big and small the one the only salacious rum how you doing salacious hi alberto oh am i on am i on bob <laughs> you're on salacious you're on oh alberto i can't believe i'm on me neither so thanks for being here you've been you and bob have been fans of the show we've seen you on the chat before so we had to get you on here one day and what better topic to talk about our favorite creatures in Star Wars? So thank you for being here, Salacious. Oh, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I know, and Alberto, I just need to say on behalf of the both of us, we've um, been listening to your podcast for a while now, as you know, and um, it's such an amazing podcast. And the, and the best bit is really it's you because you're so enthusiastic and i just want a, a little recall back to mm -hmm. the, the the recap episode of the last episode of the mandalorian sure. you were crying you were crying i was mr mr rez was crying i was crying even little salacious here was crying oh. we were all in we were all in tears at the same time yeah that, that was a great episode not just the the actual episode of the Mandalorian was great, but being here the next day talking about it, I was more emotional talking about it, especially sure. that ending that watching the the show because I mean, we do I did expect at some point that Din Djarin and Grogu would have to say goodbye. I thought it wasn't gonna be in season two. I thought it was maybe season three, so it was a bit of a shock. But then sitting down because you have the whole day to think about it or two the whole night and then the following morning just to think about it process the actual episode but then when you start breaking it down and talking about it yeah all those emotions came in i just i just broke down and you guys were great in the chat it was one of those great i, I think it's my second most watched episode my most watched as a solo without a guest so yeah that was a great one so thank you guys you both you bob and sal for being there in the in the chat and it brought us to, the, to today to have a lot of fun talking today about star wars so well, that's right. That's yeah. right. And um, and hopefully this will be a, a bit more of a lighthearted one because yeah. Star Wars is such an expansive, um, <laughs> it's such an expansive world. Growing up with Star Wars and the creatures in particular played quite an important yeah. role for us uh, and building the world just as much as the Sith and the Jedi, mm -hmm. but from huge space dwelling creatures to domestic sized creatures, it has absolutely everything. Yeah. So I mean, creatures are a staple in Star Wars. Like you said, lightsabers, the Force, Sith, Jedi, Rebellion, and the Empire. Creatures are one of the things we always look for. What's the new creature along us? What's the new droid? What's the new creatures are going to be out there? It all started with the cantina. And from then on, everything was weird creatures and aliens. But we're focusing on creatures, like you said, big and small. Before we start, let's say hi to some of our friends on the chat today. As always, our friend Mr. Rez is here. Tony, Tony, thanks for being here as always. Josh Anderson, thank you. Hello, Radio Rebellion. And Mr. Rom. Mr. Rom is here. Hey, Mr. We Josh. also have Andres Ramirez saying that he'll be on for the first hour. Then he has to head out. Thank you, Andy, for being here. We'll try to keep it close to an hour. We'll probably go a little bit 
further, maybe not too much, but it's great. Geode, yeah, Geode fan art. We need more Geode. He's, he's out there. Matthew Moll, oh, for three men, baby, you're podcast. They sent a great question a few weeks ago. Thank you, Matthew, for being here. And Dale, where is Dale? Oh, Dale, hello, Dale. Hello there. They also always, and our friend hey, Nicole Dale. Marie, also hi to both and of Nicole. us. Oh, and they said hi to Jonathan. No, I think Jonathan Redmond and our friends from so Force of Light Entertainment on here saying hi to that crazy monkey lizard myself. Hello. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So let's go ahead and talk. So if you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. I think Bob, I know Salacious is going to be ready. So if everyone is ready, let's talk Star Wars. And today we're talking our favorite creatures with the Kowakian monkey himself, Salacious Rom. And and, so, and just and just to say, Alberto, on the outset, we have done we have been to Star Wars school and we've done some research. So I just want to cite in advance a book that we're going to be reading sure. from a little bit. It's called Star Wars Creatures Big and Small. It's such a beautiful little book. Um, here it is. Here it is. Oh, if you can see it, there you go. <laughs> it's such a lovely little book. And here's the yeah. author. Um, Calliope Glass and Caitlin Kennedy. Um, some fantastic little poems in here, which we thought may accompany this episode quite well. Yeah. So before we start, I know, like I said before, I, this show, if you've watched it, it never goes the way it's supposed to go. So I, I said before we start that we're going to do something, and I just blew right past it. So before we actually start, Bob, can you give us a quick rundown, I guess, how you got into Star Wars to the point that now you have your own YouTube channel, you do a lot of, have a lot of great guests over there going over toy collecting and not a, a lot of different stuff. Can you give us a quick breakdown or a quick history of when you started with Star Wars to where you are now? Yeah, sure. So the, my first experience of Star Wars was Return of the Jedi. Um, that was the first uh, film I saw in the cinema. Before that, we had we had the old VHS tapes of Star Wars, you know, recorded off the TV. Um, but it was really Return of the Jedi that caught my imagination, and in particular, Jabba's palace, Jabba, the the Gamorrean guards, mm -hmm. good old Bib, and of course uh, these little these little uh, monkey lizards uh, <laughs> and uh, Rumi's pappy, Slacious Beakerum, and it was really Jabba's palace that got us into it, um, and so. Um, Actually, we got inspired to get onto YouTube by watching other YouTubers, people sure. like you, people like yourself, but also um, Blue Harvest Vintage Toys and the Pally Boys mm -hmm. and Hello Greedo and other people that were putting out Star Wars content. And um, so we thought, why not? Well, we'll, we'll give it a go. And um, and Salacious Rum, um, the Salacious Rum YouTube channel. It's all about. Well, what is it about, Salacious? Well, <laughs> it's just about fun. That's it. Just simple fun. So Salacious uh, does some rapping. He makes um, quacky and hip hop. Um, mm -hmm. He does interviews. We buy a lot of toys. He's a toy collector. And so if you head over to our channel, all you'll find is just lighthearted silliness and fun. And that's that, that's the core of it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's no a real way to explain it. You have to experience the, the Salacious from, I guess. That's right. That's right. I'm an experienced Alberto. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what was I forget the name that late night show that came in after Conan with him talking to Jeff, the 
the skeleton that was always there as the co-host. Yeah, Craig Ferguson. Craig, Craig Ferguson. Ferguson, a great yeah, Craig Ferguson. That's what I feel like today. All right, so thanks to the Blackout Ewoks for being here also. So now, okay, so let's go and start talking about this. So like we mentioned, when we started talking about collaborating and doing something, the idea came, let's just talk about some creatures, some of our favorite creatures. And then you told me that you had some for each movie and then some poems to read. So let's go ahead, let's go ahead and start. We're starting with episode one, The Phantom Menace. And here we have the OP, the Sandu Aqua Monster, also known as the Jack Fish and the Colo Clawfish. So go ahead. Why did you like these three creatures here? Well, I just think fair play to George Lucas coming mm. back to Star Wars. Episode one got some criticism, but he was um, very imaginative in his scope. And so the first creatures we're talking about are some of the biggest. And there are a few, and a lot of people forget there's that whole underwater scene, yeah. which again was probably before its time. Really, imagine what they could do now with some of the technology. Sure. But the OP, the OPC killer just sometimes referred to as the OP, was a massive, large, meat-eating, crustaceous sea creature, uh, 20 meters in length. Um, and the figure that you got, uh, that, and they actually made a figure of it, a huge um, creature figure with the Phantom Menace figures. And I just thought it's absolutely brilliant. And then you've got the Colo Clawfish as well, one of the largest creatures found in the depths of Naboo Sea. <laughs> Um, and um, I just loved that uh, there's always a biggest fish uh, sure. reference from Qui-Gon mm-hmm. um, and those creatures battling it out whilst Qui-Gon and Obi and uh, were trying to get to uh, the underwater city. Like, uh, but I've got a... I've got a yeah, sorry, Alberto, go on. No, I was just going to say, it's a great scene. You can see Georgia going crazy because he's from the planet. He knows how terrifying these creatures are. And then you have the cool Jedi, especially Qui-Gon, with there's always a bigger fish. And don't worry, we'll be fine while Jar Jar is going crazy and all this is happening and Obi-Wan is trying to fix the ship. And it's like you said, one of those scenes that gets forgotten in Phantom Menace, but it's a great kind of palate cleanser with everything that's going, plus tells you the, as we know here on Earth, that depths are not that well explored. There's a lot of weird creatures that we're still discovering. So it's great to see this in Star Wars. We've talked here when we did our Weird Creatures show, we talked about the Jack Fish, that Sando Aqua Monster. Yeah. And then, of course, the Colo Clawfish gets a call back in Solo, a Star Wars story, when Dryden Voss is in his yacht trying to serve uh-huh. and Solo and Jao and Chewbacca Colo Clawfish. So it's good that it's still, it's still out there. That's right, and it's a callback to the old-fashioned movers, isn't it? 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, yeah. and the big creatures, and there's so many references there in that scene. Um, very, very um, ambitious scene to, to put at the very start of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so shall I read the first poem? This is quite an interesting one. Go on. so, let's, here, let's get some of those poems going. Okay, here we go then. The oceans of Naboo are filled with creepy creatures, with tree-sized razor teeth and other scary features. Watch out for the OP, though it's pretty hard to ignore. If it gets a taste of you, it just might want some more. And don't forget the Colo Claw. It's got more teeth than brains, but neither of these creatures is top of the food chain. Because the biggest, meanest, baddie down deep in the ocean blue 
which is the one we haven't spoken about yet, is the Sando Aqua Monster. Basically, don't swim on Naboo. <laughs> <laughs> so for this, you, Salacious, what's your favorite one of these three for Salacious? What's its favorite one? Well, I like... Uh, oh, Salacious likes the OP. I like the OP. I like the, the, the big chunky one. Um <laughs> And we've got, a, and the reason is we've got a few of them in our action figure collection. So they're oh, quite, cool. yeah, they're quite, they're quite common to pick up in the English car boot scene. So that's my favorite. What about yours? Um, I forward, I don't know. It's, I think I like the OP pretty, pretty much. I like the Sando just in the movie because it just yeah. comes out of nowhere and bites that chunk right out of it. But all of them are so cool. The, the Sando Aqua Monster, it's also, pretty interesting especially when you see it in motion but actually i'm gonna go with the with the jackfish i think the the sando the sando one is my my favorite yeah 200 meters they grow up to up to 200 meters yeah. so an, an absolute whopper yeah <laughs> all right so let's move on to our second one this one i'm sure people know when we go to attack of the clones there's only a few creatures there I'm pretty sure people know which one. So here we go. So we have from the Dionysian battle, we have the Reek, the Aklay, and the Nexu. Here we have Anakin has gotten himself captured along with Padme when they're trying to rescue Obi-Wan. They're in this big arena, Colosseum style. And instead of just killing them, they decide let's have some fun with them and throw these three creatures in there. So... What do you got for the Rick, the Aklay, and the Nexu? Well, the Nexu were, is the more feline-looking one. It's actually got four eyes, and it uses infrared vision. It's 4.5 meters long, and it's the one that attempts to climb up the pole, if you remember. Yeah. Um, and they are very good at climbing trees. Um, the Reek is the large, muscular quadruped. Um, that's got the horn down the middle um, and ch and cheek horns on either side. Incredibly powerful. They lived on the grass plains um, of a planet called um, Lesia, which is not one I'm familiar with. Um, and then the Accolades are the more reptilian, amph amphibious-looking ones with the, uh, the deadly claws and the razor-sharp teeth. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're from the planet Vendexa. Um, and they were commonly used for executions by the Geonosians. So, yeah, take your pick. They're all pretty, they're all gonna, they're not a fun night, any of them. Yeah. So, first, so here we have Jonathan asking first for the Phantom Menace, no love for the Gungan creatures. There's so many creatures. That's one of the things I love about the prequel trilogy. It's just how far out there George Lucas went with creating this universe and expanding the galaxy because of all the creatures that he introduces in each episode. So it's very hard to pick. And uh, we try to stay away from aliens or no Gungans, even though they have the OP and you know, the OP is in Tatooine, but they have their own creatures. But we're trying to focus in a little bit on some of those weird ones out there. But yeah, the Gungans have some great ones. Oh, you, so could, you, could, you, you could do a whole other show on aliens, you know, yeah. uh, so. So first we had the, the Nexu, which should have cut Padme in half when he scratched her back climbing up the pole. And I don't know how that didn't get infected with all the sand of Geonosis, but that's for a different show. 
for me, my favorite of these three has always been the Rick. I'm sorry, the Ackley. For, I don't know, I'm not the biggest fan of lizards in real life, but for some reason, the Ackley has always caught my attention. I just love the design of it, the sound that it makes when it screeches, the way it broke that javelin in half when it bit it. I just love the Ackley so much. What about you? Yeah, I think um, the reeks, um, the reeks for me. And again, it's, I think, going back to the Phantom Menace action figures and the creatures they released, the reeks were quite common. The mm -hmm. Acclays, you could also get the Acclays, but the, the, the limbs would often break off. So getting yeah. an Acclay with a loose with all the limbs still there is, is hard. But the reeks are awesome. Um, and they remind me a little yeah. bit of the mud, a little bit of the mud horns from Mandalorian, that kind of vibe. Yeah, before you get to the point, as soon as we saw the Mudhorn that first time in that season, episode two of Mandalorian, the first thought was, oh, it's a Rick. Then, no, 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 that's something different. Yeah. Um, the Rick is awesome. It gets more, I guess, more of the screen time in Attack of the Clones. Of course, we have, unfortunately, um, Mace Window cutting it down, but yeah. it's not their fault. How did the Geonosians get all those creatures to Geonosis? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Um, and actually, speaking of action figures, that the, there was a Geonosian uh, playset that was released, um, oh. and that's that's a cracking set if you can get it. Cool. Um, but All again, right, what, George. Again, uh, though, Alberto, George mm -hmm. Lucas being ambitious. It's like the Gladiator theater, isn't it? Within yeah. Star Wars, you know, it's Roman Colosseum, but with alien creatures. You know, incredibly ambitious. Um, that's i have my not concerns i have my critiques about the phantom man as i talked about it last season when i went did my breakdown of all the movies but once they get to that part in the geonosis battle or the geonosis scene i don't like too much when anakin and panda get there and they go through a droid factory i don't like that too much no. but once they enter the arena that movie picks up and the last 45 minutes or however long that it's the geonosis battle it's top-notch Star Wars. And the arena has that feel of those old 50s and 60s big movies. And yes, it's Star Wars, it's clones and a lot of CG, but at least the CGI for the creatures, I think, work are not that dated like some of the others. The battle is pretty engaging. And yeah, it has that feel of those great Colosseum battles, but instead of tigers, you have Rick, Ackles, and Neptune. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So here we go then. <laughs> in, a, in a dark and dusty chamber, waiting for its turn, a Nexu prowls and bristles, its four red eyes each burn. Next door to the Nexu, locked up till the fight, a reek sharpens its horns, a terrifying sight. And over there, an Ackley scuttles on six claws, clacking its sharp pincers, and chomping its big jaws. <laughs> These monsters are all fighters in the great Geonosian arena, a place that's even more dangerous than the Moss Eisley Cantina. <laughs> Ooh, it's, it's difficult to get more dangerous at that one, but you are right. So we have Dale, when we ask, how did the Geonosians get them? Dale is saying that they course and Ognot to stand in a cage and wait for the creatures to come along. That's a way to get them. I think Ognot would like that too much. Hopefully they're getting paid. 
And he also adds, and I did thought about it. As soon as I said it, I thought about this. And he also adds the great quote from Finn in The Phantom Menace when they're moving the, the Rathar saying, I thought you had a bigger crew. Talking <laughs> about, I have three. I'm hauling three Rathar. So maybe the Geonosians were an even bigger species and they lost a lot of them. All right, so moving on for find our last creature of the prequel trilogy. And I do like these guys pretty a lot. So these are our Varactyls. So we have the Varactyls. I couldn't find a good background for this one, but the Varactyls that are great friend, Jedi Knight, Obi-Wan Kenobi uses to track down uh, General Grievous. General Grievous. So Varactyls, what do you got for them? What do you, what's your overall thoughts on the Varactyls first when you saw them on screen the first time? Well, I love the sound. I'll just move my mic away from my mouth a bit so I don't kill everyone, but it's kind of like a <laughs> brilliant sound, great yeah. sound effects, great sound engineering. Sorry, I just butchered it there. Great sound <laughs> engineering, but the colors, it's got to be the colors. And it's, it's very clearly, and once you hear this, you'll then, you'll then go, yes, of course it is. It's very clearly a native to Utapau. Yeah, you know, with with the the green and the blue colors, um, it's a giant um, reptilian herbivore, blue and green with feather ridges along the back. Uh, absolutely beautiful creature, very intelligent, and they're very loyal to their owners. And you get the sense of that, don't you, in the film? Have you read the Revenge of the Sith novelization by any chance? Yeah. Yeah, one of the it's one of like, the best, I think. Yeah, so I I always show it every few episodes. I have it right next to, to my desk. I haven't finished it. I get a few pages to go. There's so much other Star Wars stuff to read. I'm reading the Victory Prize, the Alphabet Squadron right now, so I haven't been able to finish the Range of the Sith novelization. But it's a great... The way uh, Matthew Stover wrote that scene of Obi-Wan deciding and choosing which Baractil to mount... Yes. It's, a great, it's not a two paragraphs. It takes about three or four pages. Like you said, he went to about three or four, trying to, again, using the force, trying to relate to one of them, which one was calmer, which one he could, like like you mentioned, they're very trusting of their owners. So it's a great description of the Varactyls in Urapau in that novel, the way that everyone decides how to pick one. And then as they're chasing Grievous in Urapau. It's a great description again, like I just mentioned, of the novel. Just that scene that people, yeah, he got on a big lease, a big feathered lease, or then went down the the planet. No, it, there's a lot more behind the scene that goes into deciding which creature you're gonna pick and making sure that they allow you to to write them. And dare I dare I mention Avatar? As a, it's yeah. got a kind of Avatar vibe, hasn't it? You know, when they collect, when they um, find their, um, I can't remember what the creatures are called in Avatar, but it's a similar process. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't remember the name of the Avatars, which I should, because I live close to Disney and there's a ride right there. Um, and also in Harry Potter, the third one, when they are picking the griffins, I think that yes. Harry's going to, gonna fly it's the same thing you gotta go slow make sure that they are the ones that select you not just try to get on them like malfoy did but in the george lucas way this great let me show it again because it is a wonderful beautiful creature the varactyl from Urapau. so i'm sure the poem is gonna be great for them so let's go ahead and read and hear this 
Avaractyl is a giant reptavian friend with bright colored feathers from head to tail end. These fast climbing creatures are loyal and tame, and they only eat plants so they won't ever maim. To ride a Vacteril is a wild delight. What are you waiting for? Hop on, but hold tight. <laughs> you do have to hold tight. Those Urapau is all caverns on that planet. If you're not holding, you're off. Yeah. The only sad thing, those are crystal feathers. The relation to the crystal foxes is a long evolutionary story. You never know. Wow. Will crystal foxes made make an appearance today? We'll have to wait and see. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. So, Sal, would you ever get on a Bracteal if you had the chance? You know, sometimes you go to fairs or, oh, do a pony ride. If you were on Urapa, would you ever ride a Bracteal? Well, um, I like riding cats. I, I, I like, I like, I can get on our cat and I'll cat, I can go to the kitchen and, and, you know, if I'm hungry, I jump on the cat, takes me into the kitchen. It's a lot of fun. You don't mind, oh. honest. You don't mind. He doesn't mind, you sure? I thought when you said that you get hungry and jump on the cat, you, you did like Alf and try to eat the cat. So now you just ride the cat to the kitchen? No, I like ham and pineapple pizza. Not oh, no, don't, I don't start. Ham and pineapple, come on. Come on, Alberto. No, we're not going to. Um, not, we're not no. going there. No, not today. Not today. Um, so no, I don't think I would. I, I don't know if I'm brave enough. I don't like heights. Uh, maybe no. maybe a younger Bob Rum. But, uh, <laughs> All right, so if you don't like heights and you might not enjoy getting on a Varacto, you might not enjoy these next creatures we're talking about. And as we're jumping out, we finish with the prequel trilogy. All you guys in the chat, just let us know which of the whole prequel trilogy, which are your favorite creatures. And before oh, Andres Ramirez, I'm going to have to ban you from here, saying pineapples belong on pizza. Yes. Know. Yes. Well done. Well, well done, Andre. Well done. <laughs> I'm well always done. on the minority when it comes, even on my show. Even on my show, I'm on the minority when it comes to that. So one day I'll have to try it. Right, so we're, <laughs> we're jumping now to the original trilogy, the one that started, or oh, like you mentioned, with the creatures. It might have started with the cantina with all the aliens, but Tatooine's had some of the best creatures that we met in Star Wars, the first creatures, if I'm remembering correctly. And which ones? But these guys... That do back and uh, and I just uh, I forget. Here we go. That do back and the bantas. So no question. When we decided to do this show, um, a new hope was coming. These are the two. These are the creatures that we're gonna talk about. Not a lot of deliberation. So do backs, which made a comeback, I guess, or more on a, of an impression with the expand extended the special edition. Sorry. So, Dubaks and Bantas. I'll go ahead and start, if you don't mind. Bantas all the way. They've got a uh, resurgence now with Mandalorian, especially Season 2. I love Bantas. I love the design. Seeing them in A New Hope, those big horns. And these are just creatures that are not CGI. They just build these creatures. I, I'm pretty sure there's something underneath. I don't know if it's an elephant or something. I think it was an elephant originally. Yeah, it has to be. Then you see that's not Bob Rom up there riding that Bantha. It has to be someone else. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Banthas and Dubaks. So, the Banthas were large, hairy mammals with sharp, spiraling horns um, and were native to Tatooine. 
Uh, they worked in social herds, uh, and they and they were obviously domesticated by the mm-hmm. Tuscan Raiders, and we saw that in the Mandalorian. Yeah. And I loved I loved it when they finally explained the Tuscan Raiders' weapon, because if you were an original Kenner vintage figure mm-hmm. back in the day, the Tuscan Raiders' weapon always looked very odd. It was like, well, what did they use that for? <laughs> and it, and in the Mandalorian, they showed they used it to clean the teeth of mm-hmm. the of the um, of the bumpers, which was a really really. That's Dave Filoni putting that in, you know, that's... Which is something that I didn't notice when I watched Mandalorian the first time. I thought it was a brush that they were using just to brush their teeth. But when I watched it a few weeks ago, no, they were using that back part to, I guess, clean in between the teeth anything that they have stuck in there. So, yeah, it's very interesting to see how the Tusken Raiders have domesticated these animals, take care of them. It's not like, yeah, they're just here as beasts of burdens, which they are. They take care of them sometimes because other times they use them as bait for the uh, crate dragon, which I'm sure the Bantas don't appreciate. You just clean my teeth to throw me into that crate dragon pit. Um, but yeah, I've always loved Banthas. I love when we meet them in a new hall when Luke is trying to find R2D2 and then runs into Obi Wan, I mean, Ben Kenobi. He said, Yeah, just a few Bantas down there. Let's take a closer look. And then how how far they've gone to now in the Mandalorian. We feel bad for them when they feed to this giant creature. So yeah, they've gone a long way. Like you said, Dave Filoni, John Favreau have done a great job with them. So yeah, Bantas all the way for me. Definitely. And there are some really beautiful Bantha uh, action creatures yeah. that, were, that were made. Um, I've, I've got one, but I can't remember what series it's from. It's from a modern series, Power of the Force 2 maybe, or Legacy. Okay. One I bought loose at a toy fair, and it's it's absolutely fantastic with all the hair and the horns, um, beautiful beautiful animals. Um, yeah. And I've and I think a lot of people developed a real affinity to the Tuscans as well. Sure, you know, um, which we perhaps didn't have before. You know, they've come to life in many ways, and how they live, and they've become more civilized, haven't they? And more we can relate to them more, having seen them live. You know, in the Mandalorian. Exactly. And it's something that some things that get missed sometimes by just the average Star Wars fan. I don't want to get into real fans or not that, but people that pay attention to everything kind of focus on that. So for some others that are just casual fans, they might not kind of realize too much. But the way that Tuscan Raiders were humanized from season one of The Mandalorian that episode on Tatooine, I think was episode five, which I really didn't like that much. It's still probably in my bottom three episodes, but everything with the Tusken Raiders, seeing how they communicate through hand signals, sign language, learning more about their culture, um, same thing. And I'll bring Solo again when Han Solo is in, on Minban, I believe, and the, the Imperial General is saying, oh, we're here to read the place of I don't remember the exact word, but Han Solo says, oh, we're the invaders, aren't we the, the yeah. non-native species or something? And it's the same way here in Mandalorian when Toro Calican says they're savages or something, and Mando says, no, no, this is their land. We're the ones that are trespassing. And at that point, you start saying, oh, okay, that's right. It's, they're the native of this planet. What are everyone else doing that have kept them at bay or far away, not bringing them to civilization? 
or treating them like, oh, sand people, not even call them by their name, Tuscan Raiders, or adding that Raider to the end of it. And then in season two, of course, it just goes to that 10th level with them having to work together with the, with the humans on whatever that little village was. So they did a great job bringing not just the Bantas, but the whole Tuscan community and village into kind of a bigger light. Yeah. And actually, they're f- um, far more sophisticated than everyone first realized. So yeah. so well done to Dave Filoni and John Favreau for, for doing that. The Banffers poem is only a short one, and it's, okay. it's, a, bit, it's a bit of a silly one. <laughs> Banffers are furry and warm and good-hearted, but you'll smell one for parsecs even after you've parted. That isn't so bad, because everyone knows if you need a Banffer, just follow your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Same as all those big creatures. I work with animals, and sometimes I used to work with animals. We had some big pigs, like almost 500-pound pigs. You could smell them a mile away, and then you keep smelling where you when you flip. So I'm sure bantas are the same way. So, monkey, lizard, monkey lizards smell like roses, Alberto. <laughs> roses. I don't know. Very nice. Very nice. Is, very nice. Is, is, is that right? Bob, he smelled like roses. Is it Tatooine roses or, or good roses? To be honest, the monkey lizards that I've got around here are incredibly domesticated. You can't get them out. You can't get you can't get in the bathroom. Salacious <laughs> Sal's always in front of the mirror doing his hair, adjust, yeah. <laughs> adjusting his bandana or yeah, something. So, yeah. yeah, making sure that ears are fine when it comes out. All right, so we didn't get. A lot of That's time right. to talk about do-backs. So real quick, do-backs, I think, with the special editions, they were more popular. Some of the additions that they made of the do-backs really don't make sense with them kind of crossing through the front of the screen. I think it was the do-backs or the, the other ones. But yeah, do-backs are OK. They're good for stormtroopers. Yeah, anything else? Um, just that, um, the female Jewbacks laid 50 to 85 eggs each year. Um, they were called Jewbacks because they had a habit of licking the morning dew from their backs with their, uh, by flicking their tongues and they made strange, uh, strange, uh, low noises similar to that of the Bamfer. Mm. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I got, I, yeah, I can't do a Jewback sound. It's better uh, but than again, your Maractil. A great action figure, and actually, there was a brilliant Jewback. A vintage Jewback was released um, back in in the early eighties, and there's been numerous versions of the Jewback released since then. Great action figure, particularly with the stormtrooper, the the, the stormtrooper, um, you know, sat above it, and yeah. I think that stormtrooper had like a long, like a long pike weapon of some sort that often goes missing. But um, <laughs> well, yeah. You- let me bring it up again. You can see there. That stormtrooper has a go. long. There you go. Has a long something. I'm there sure that Dubak doesn't like it. Uh, let me highlight real quick. Jonathan Redmond said, "Ronto. Ronto is the other creature that we see in that was added to a new hope. That long dinosaur-looking creatures. So let me just say, Dubaks. They really didn't think too much on this name. Okay, so we have this brand new creature that we just discovered. What should we name it? It's leaking the dew of its back. I got it. <laughs> do back. Put it on the scientific journals. 
There, there are Farviers and Reeks and Lugger Beasts. There are Banthers and Tontons too. But if you're in the desert on Tatooine, the Dewback is the ride for you. The thick choking dust and the harsh desert heat will break down the sturdiest creatures. But with its leathery hide and its wide webbed feet, the Dewback has all the best features. But not the best name. (laughs) 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 All right. So from here, we jump to Empire Strikes Back. And Empire has some cool creatures and we're gonna skip the biggest one which is the exogorth the space log that's the one i talked about when i did my weird creature episode and that's usually the creature that most people go to when they think about weird creatures in star wars things living in space people complain about the purgles in rebels oh how can you have a big whale in space well we have worms in an asteroid so everything makes sense in star wars but for our Empire Strikes Back, we have the great Wampa and Tontons. Yes. And I'm sure that Wampa doesn't appreciate that Ton sorry, the Tonton doesn't appreciate the Wampa picture I put up next to it. Looks a little bit scared seeing the Wampa chomping on that leg. So yeah. <laughs> my note, it's not, I hope the animal people don't call me for that one. No. Um, and actually, the um, there were Wampa bones. Sorry, there were Tonton bones in the Wampa cave, weren't there? Yeah, I think and, so. Uh, and if you go onto eBay now, there are a lot of um, um, customizers, and you can buy you can buy Tonton bones oh, in wow. a in a traditional custom vintage Kenner card, um, and it's just a, a bit of fun, a bit of novelty for a yeah. collector. So, so yeah, so the Wampa. Go, sorry, go on. Sorry, my bad. Real quick, as talking about collecting, all the collecting that, that you do, what's the one item that you have that you said, okay, I have to get this. It doesn't matter. I have to try and find it. What's that one item that you always wanted that you either have right now or you're still looking for it? Well, um, I obviously, we try and collect everything related to Kwaki and Monkey Lizards. Sure. And there's not a huge amount of Kwaki and Monkey Lizard merch, but... Um, but but we get we get we get quite a lot of it. Yeah, so I've, I've got I've got lots of little monkey lizards. Most <laughs> of our stuff most of our stuff's in storage. Um, but um, there is um, a new line. You're probably aware of the vintage collection. Yeah. Um, they did release Salacious Bee Crumb in the vintage collection, but only as part of a huge set of vintage collection figures that um, that were put in a Death Star-sized um, pack, and there was about 20 carded figures in there. And that was only released in San Diego Comic-Con um, a few years ago, and so it was never put into the general shops. So to get one of these Salacious Crumb cards now, I mean, they're over four or 500 pound on eBay. So that's still the one item that we are tracking down. Yeah, it's difficult, man. Some of those special Comic-Con, whatever, exclusive, if you don't get them when they come out, good luck. I'm trying to find, I mean, I can find them, but extremely expensive. The Captain Rex Funko Pop from the New York Comic-Con, I think 2016 or 17, but it's like $250. I'm like, "Eh, no, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, some of those things are now... I'm sure you've seen every time a Black Series is released or something from Hasbro, if you don't get it in 20 seconds, forget about it. It's gone. You can't pre-order it. Just go to eBay or to some of these sellers. 
for five times the price. So it's it's getting hard out there for for a lot of collectors, unfortunately. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, and actually, speaking of Wampers, there's the latest Black Series Wampa. There you go. So, I, I do like collecting Wampers. So, I've got a couple of the original ones. They okay. they tend to yellow quite a bit. <laughs> uh, there's a customizer, uh, a, a custom collect, uh, maker called, I think it's called Barbarian Rage. Mm -hmm. And he, use, he uses a vintage sculpt, but recast them in like, um, in pink plastic or purple. So, you can get basically a Wampa in every single color. So I've, I've got some. I've got some crazy colored Wampas in, in the uh, in our custom collection. Yeah, those are those are cool. Um, so yeah, I remember seeing both of these creatures. Tom Tom's unfortunately people remember them because that's where Luke Skywalker goes into, right? So he's freezing, and Han Solo comes. Sorry, I know it smells bad on the outside. Slashes one, and then just stops Luke Skywalker inside one of them. But they seem to be. Good creatures. I haven't read the story from the from a certain point of view. Empire Strikes Back. I know there's a few stories about the Tom Toms, but seeing that Wampa the first time, even the original version or the extended the special editions, those scary looking creatures for Luke Skywalker to be frozen upside down and this creature chomping on a Wampa leg. I'm guessing. And just uh, he's waking up. Let me go eat him. It's a scary scene, especially for smaller kids. And that even that picture that I showed, it's one of those creatures that stay with you for a long time in Star Wars. You think of Hoth. I think there was. Correct me if I'm wrong. A either deleted scene, but I'm not sure if it got shot or not about Wampas entering the Hoth base during the yeah. Hoth, and that would have been just too brutal for for those, those times. That was a crazy scene, that deleted scene. It didn't really make sense. Um, uh, yeah, that was a wild scene. But i tell you, the, the, the one thing that I remember watching, the Wampa scene was awesome, but well, when Han Solo slit open the Tom-Tom yeah. and all of his intestines came yeah. out, and, he, and um, what a scene that is, and then putting Luke into that, but um, really teaching you about survival there and, sure. you know, the, 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 the pure, like, you're going to get in there or you're going to die. You know, this is brutal stuff. So, yeah, the poor Tom-Toms, um, you know, uh, gave his life there to, to, uh, uh, to keep Luke alive. And the, the poems that are written in this book are fantastic because the yeah. Tauntoms and the Wampers are in this, there's a, the, the poems, they're competing with each other as who's the best in, in, Ooh. on Hoth. Right, so, the, so, um, a Tauntom is big, a Tauntom is tall, a Tauntom has nothing to fear, a Tauntom is brave, a Tauntom is bold, a Tauntom's the strongest. Oh dear, a Wampa is bigger. A Wampa is taller. A Wampa is vicious and cunning. A Wampa is faster. A Wampa is meaner. The Tonton had better start running. <laughs> that just poor in the background, a Tonton running and a, a Wampa behind it trying to catch it. It's, it's... Poor Tonton. Yeah, I know. They're cool creatures. They. I don't know. They don't deserve to be there. But here we go. This is the one that we've all been waiting for. I'm sure as soon as we set out the link on Twitter that Salacious Rome was going to be here talking our favorite creatures, everyone was waiting for this, ne this next one. And we've reached the final episode of the original trilogy, episode six, Return of the Jedi. 
I wonder what creatures were going to <laughs> So let me see. Let me double check all my notes to make sure I have the correct one. Yeah, I think I do. So there we go. Oh, who's there? <laughs> we don't care about him. The Kowakian monkey lizards, of course. They're one of our favorite creatures. Even if they jagged out C-Tripio's eye, it doesn't matter. Ha, 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 Go nuts. Let us know about Rancor, because you live close to the Rancors. Any experience with them? And then just talk about Kowakian monkey lizards and all that fun stuff from Jabba's Palace. Well, to be honest, Alberto, us monkey lizards are a bit misunderstood. Okay. I mean, B. Crumb was a naughty monkey lizard for sure. He was a, he was mischievous, um, and he was definitely naughty. But but honest to God, he was the real puppet master. It wasn't Jabba running the whole the whole crime syndicate. It was B. Crumb. He was the master behind it all. <laughs> Not many people know that, you know. Not many people know that. We all, uh, it's called the hot cartel. So we always think that the hots are the one behind it. Java's the biggest hot around. So he's the one. But no, you're saying it was B Crumb. Uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it because when things got tough, he jumped on C Tripio, pulled his eyes out. And if it wasn't for R2 sapping him on the butt, who knows? Maybe the rebellion doesn't win. He kills. They don't let Han Solo escape. They keep Leia, Luke, all that. So maybe you're right. Well, it's no coincidence that uh, a lot of the crime lords in Star Wars have their own pet monkey lizard. So Hondo Anaka had Pilf Muck Muck, yeah. one of the legends in the Quackian monkey lizard community. Um, so you often would find a monkey lizard with a crime lord. And um, I just thought I've fallen in love with Little Salacious yeah. and, 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 the, and the monkey lizard community. And since um, since Bar 2 was created, yeah, there's, no. there's loads of monkey lizards now, you know, um, coming over. There's monkey lizards in England and Australia and America. So Salacious has been on a bit of a mission to start the Quackian monkey lizard army to encourage to make contact with other monkey lizards. Uh, we've just seen, we've just noticed our friends in the Star Wars community, Cam Ray, yeah. seems, to have a, seems to have a monkey lizard now. Mm -hmm. um, but um, in my mind, they are the best creatures in Star Wars. So why, what made you fall in love with it? I had here, since we're talking about Jabba's Palace, and there's so much great stuff inside Jabba's Palace, a few months ago for our season two episode, we had Brian from Pink Milk was here, and we just did a whole episode on Jabba's Palace and that whole scene. And he's all about Max Rebo. Something about Max Rebo caught his eye and he loves him. What was it about the, the monkey lizards that just grabbed you? Because at first when we watched um, Return of the Jedi, they're not the cutest ones around. They're kind of mean. So what was it? Sorry, sorry, not you. Like you mentioned, the other guy. The other guy. You're fine, Sal. You're fine. But... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What was it about monkey lizards that cut your eye, Bob, that you just fell in love with them? Um, well, monkey lizards, there's a few things you do need to be aware of them. If you're going to take on a monkey lizard, they demand to be center of attention all of the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they demand to be center of attention all the time. They are very mischievous. So mm -hmm. they do like to make practical jokes. 
Um, so they are practical jokers. They like to joke. They are pretty lazy, to be honest. <laughs> I saw he raised the cat to the kitchen, so obviously they're lazy. Yeah, pretty lazy. They, I mean, I've got a few of them around here. They don't pay any rent. Um, <laughs> they're always eating. Um, they're always joking. They're messy. Um, um, but if, unless they're treated poorly, so Bikram was treated poorly by, by Jabba. Yeah. He wasn't treated very well. If you treat them well, they're actually very friendly and, com and they're good companions. And they always, they always make you laugh. Um, that part is true. Yes. Is it because I know I've seen the one that Cam has, I think Bob or something, but he's more of a bluish green coloration. Sal, is there any difference in temperament or anything between, I don't know, I don't want to offend you, your coloring? Oh, there is one right now. It's, the, <laughs> it's like a parrot is coming to you. Any difference in keeping them together? Do they fight? Are they friendly? Is one more mischievous than the other? Is the coloration just due to what they eat or it just doesn't matter? I'm Pilly, I'm Pilly Yum Yum, the monkey lizard. Pilly? <laughs> That's Pilly Yum Yum. Uh, Pilly's, Pilly, um, Pilly actually um, came over from Batu fairly recently oh, nice. uh, to join the Kwaki Monkey Lizard Army. Pa Pilly spent a lot of time in America, so, um, um, so there are some slight differences there. But no, they they're all they're, they're all pretty mischievous. <laughs> some of them some of them have spent a bit of time in the Quacky and Monkey Lizard Army and are trained in, in different aspects. So I think you'll I think if you look at if you watch Cam Ray's videos, you'll notice that uh, little Bob he's definitely had some very specific Monkey Lizard training that sure. might it might become more revealed about what that training is over the next month, you know next few weeks. Well, we'll so keep, keep an eye on his channel, yeah, for yeah. sure. Right, so Sal, before we jump to Rancors real quick, and we're going fast, always our time goes fast when we're having fun, I'm going to read you a, a comment from the chat, Sal, and I want to get your reaction. So Jonathan Redmond wrote, I have a monkey lizard in the freezer for next Wednesday's dinner. Does that count? We saw this in The Mandalorian, one of a few monkey lizards getting roasted on that spit that barbecue and now we have jonathan here saying that he has one on his freezer to eat later next wednesday well I'll, to be honest with you alberto i know mr jonathan oh. and I, I know he hasn't really got one he's just saying it to wind me up he's just saying that because he knows i started a campaign to stop <laughs> monkey lizards being killed sure so, so i've got a tagline which is remember monkey lizards are for life not for spit roasting. <laughs> and I even made an, a record about it. It's on my Ooh. YouTube channel. It's called Monkey Lizard Killer. <laughs> so I know he hasn't got a monkey lizard in his freezer. He's just trying to wind me up. He's trying to wind you. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we won't let it. Let's let's move on. I'm let's not, move on. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not going there, Mr. Jonathan. <laughs> so we got to go and check that song later. Monkey Lizard Killer. We'll check that yes. later. So Monkey Lizard Killer. Rancor. Real quick as we move on. Some quick words on the Rancor. For me, myself, I've said before in um, Return of the Jedi, first movie I saw when I was three years old, 
I talk a lot about, uh, about Java, about the rancors, also create an, an impression of you as a young kid. And that it's an awesome creature that was created by the creature department at Lucasfilm, ILM. It's awesome from back then, 1993, almost, I don't know how long ago, almost 40 years ago. It's just amazing. That creature, which is a puppet to make it look the way it was, making Luke Skywalker fear for his life was just a great design. Yeah, and again, the ambition to put that scale of monster in Star Wars harkens back to some of the old-fashioned monster-type films um, and a brilliant, huge action figure. Yeah. Probably can't even use the term figure. But <laughs> yeah. Kenner, re Kenner released one uh, in 1983. I've got one. They're huge, absolutely brilliant, um, and and they have returned in Star Wars lore. So mm -hmm. there were rancors in the Force Unleashed uh, video game that they reappeared with coloured markings on their arms, yeah. like blue, blue, purpley markings, and they released those as well as toys. And I've got one of those as well. They're massive, absolutely massive. Cool. So. But you can't speak about the Rancor without actually just having some sympathy for the Rancor Keeper. Yeah, I know. That poor man, you know. Poor. Yeah, he, I mean, we saw him. He was crying for, for his pet. It was his pet. That's right. Um, have you watched the Resistance animated series, Star Wars Resistance? Yes. Are you going to bring up Quacky Quack and Ape Lizards? Yeah, that's a, yes. that's a giant one. Yes. <laughs> so do you have a poem, at least for the Kowaki and Monkey Lizard, before we move on? Well, I've got one for the Rancor and the Monkey Lizard. Which one would you prefer? Monkey Lizard. That's Monkey Lizard. Yeah. The Monkey Lizard one is not as sympathetic towards Monkey Lizards. I don't think Sal's going to be particularly appreciative of this one. If you Sorry. want Rancor, just to... I know Sal got a little bit heated with that comment from Josh, so maybe do the Rancor. Do the Rancor one. one. Yeah, okay, yeah. then. Uh, rancor in its lair through the dark and beady stare and oh so ugly lumbering beastie warty scaly stinky greasy rancor rancor you're no beauty but you'll always do your duty eating all the folks who visit it's not a bad life rancor is it it's nice. It's nice for the rancor. It's a little, a few jazz, but it ends well for the rancors. Yeah. I mean, the poem, not in real life. but Yeah. All right. So we're moving now to the sequel trilogy. And there's a few creatures to talk about here, but we're going with our friends, the Rathars and the Hapabor. So Hapabors very quickly are introduced on Jakku when Finn is trying to get some water and unfortunately runs into the Hapabor's drinking bath. And of course, the Rathars get a bad rap from that scene in with Han Solo on his freighter. But you can see from this picture, because we don't get to really see them in the movie at full scale. We just see them kind of rolling around. The Rathor is a great design. It's pretty scary. It's giant critters with all these tentacles, 20 eyes, those spinning teeth. It's a pretty scary creature, those Rathars. 
Yeah, the Raftar is scary for sure. It's native to the planet Tuonketi. Uh, it's regarded as one of the most dangerous beasts in the galaxy. Uh, Raftars were known for hunting in packs, uh, um, and, their subs- and they had a subspecies called the Dwarf Raftar, oh, wow. which uh, were involved in the Trillia Massacre, which was cited, I think, in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And they have a they have a shared common ancestry with the Sarlacc. Okay, it makes sense. They do look a little bit like like Sarlaccs. Well, yeah, the Rathars. I know a lot of people don't like that scene from the Phantom, uh, the Force Awakens. I think it's an okay scene. The Rathars again don't get as much love as some other creatures because they look like full CGI, but they're pretty menacing. Um, we know about the Trillia Massacre. We hear Han Solo said that he had a bigger crew when he tried to hold these three Rattars to King Prana. And I think he's turning them back because he didn't know how to care for them or something like that. Um, so, yeah, Rattars are cool. I like Rattars. Anything for Hapabors? Um, yeah, I mean, the Hapabors, they're like big hippos, aren't they, basically? <laughs> It's just great big hippos. Yeah. And, when, and when Finn drinks that water and then, like, tastes it, it's like, oh, you, you could actually... I actually tasted it myself. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, it, yeah it puts I know. It you I there, know. doesn't it? It's like, oh, You're oh. like, don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Um, but they had um, broad, flat noses and beady black eyes, which were almost hidden by the wrinkles of their mm-hmm. faces. Uh, their hides were well armoured on their dorsal side for protection against the sun and other predators. Um, their large snouts uh, aided them in finding and digging up tubers, which they had eat. Uh, they had broad mouths with flat yellow teeth inside, which they would use to bite if provoked. But they were pretty large, docile yeah. beasts, which which is different to the, our hippos, which are, you oh, know, look yeah. look uh, docile, but are anything but. So Yeah, kill more people in Africa than anything else. So you got to be careful for those hippos. That's um, right. Hapabor, I think it's a funny scene when we see it in... The Force Awakens, we cannot see them lumbering to that watering hole or that water water bath or whatever, water fountain. And poor Finn has been running through the sands of Jakun for almost a whole day, so he doesn't care. He takes one big swag. Like you said, we all wince at that moment. It's like, uh, screw it. I need another one. And <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, great creature design, both the Hapavors and the Rathars. I do love the Rathars. Hopefully, in the future, we'll get to see something something else with them, like we've done with the Rancors, with the monkey apes in Resistance. So hopefully, the Rathars come back at some point. So which poem do you want, Alberto? Let's do the Rathar this time. I think we, we need to give do the, the Rathar a little bit of love. Okay. If you have it, if not, that's I, fine. Do you know? I, I've just I had it, and I thought I bet he's gonna say "hapabor." <laughs> no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Um, if you took a bull about two meters tall, gave it teeth to bite and tentacles to crawl, and pasted it with eyes and warts and all, then decided to form a dozen more to make a swarm. Well, what then? What would you have? A pack of raftars, but not a single friend. And your life would, no doubt, 
soon be at an end. Yes, I think that sums up perfectly what being close to a Rathar might be. Here we have yeah. a thousand ghosts saying Rathar's revenge. Yeah, Rathar's revenge. Hi, Mr. Ghost. Mr. Ghost. All right, so we're moving now to, let's say, a little bit of a controversial movie in The Last Jedi, which we like. It's not our favorite, but we like The Last Jedi. It has some cool creatures, and we've highlighted a lot of big creatures, a lot of weird weird looking creatures but last jedi does have some weird ones but we're gonna focus on some, some cute creatures this time the porks and the vulpex vulpex those the are the ones there yeah. we go porks and vulpex also known as the crystal foxes so yeah we have the thalas siren on acto with luke skywalker we can talk about it, but they have the green milk and all that stuff. But let's talk about porks and the Voltex. And I have a question for Sal, for Salacious, before we keep going. You ride your cat to the kitchen. Would you ride a Voltex anywhere? Uh, I, I, I don't think the crystals will be that comfortable. You might end up with a crystal up your bum. Yeah, probably. I don't think, don't think that would be very... If, if there was a saddle... <laughs> then, then maybe. Maybe. But, what are your but, thoughts on porks? Do you like porks or do you also? I'm guessing you don't want to eat one because you're against all this eating of animals. But what do you say about for people that are always joking they want to eat a pork like poor Chewbacca was trying to do? Look, we are we are massively pro pork in the monkey <laughs> lizard in the monkey lizard lair. Yeah. We've got we've got the Last Jedi was not our favorite film. Mm -hmm. But we like all Star Wars. But what sure. we did, what we did like in the Last Jedi was Porgs. I, <laughs> we thought they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So cute, very well designed. A great addition to the universe. Absolutely loved it when that little Porg stared up at Chewbacca with those big eyes. Um, there's actually we. we so little Salacious made a, a fun little short video. Actually, he's got um, he's got quite a big uh, Porg Funko Pop collection, and uh, and he's he made a little short video of him and the Porg looking into each other's eyes. Oh, it's in, so nice. it, it's very sweet. It's very yeah. funny. Um, I have a Porg back back there somewhere. There's a little Porg Funko figure figure also, and yeah, I love uh, that scene which with Chewy poor Porg looking at it. Well, Chewbacca, he was already dead. He was already cooked. So the damage had been done. I understand not eating it in front of the other porch, but it's dead already. Now it just goes to waste, wasn't used. I think that's the real crime there. To be totally honest, Alberto, it looked pretty tasty as well, didn't it? <laughs> it looked like it had like a barbecue glaze on it. It yeah. looked, looked all right. Yeah, we have our friend here, Thousand Ghosts, saying he tried to order some pork nuggets, but they were out of barbecue sauce. So he got yeah. a Big Mac instead. But yeah, it looked... Again, we got to get with Chewy. He knows how to cook because out on the island, there's no condiments or anything, but that pork, it looked pretty tasty and juicy. So He had some kind of marinade on it for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure the Falcon had something. Yeah, uh, I I'm okay with porks. I like porks. I'm not a huge over the over the moon fan of them, but I do like them. I do prefer the Voltex. Just the design of them is extremely cool. Being all crystalline with all those crystals was something we hadn't seen before. So I think it's a really cool looking creature. 
running in these caverns where they are kind of stuck in this rebel base and then they have to um, follow them to escape. So I think it was a pretty cool design. Like I mentioned, again, something we haven't seen before. I love the way they did it. They have some dogs with all the costumes, of course, except the face, with all the crystals and all that to do it more practical before they added the CGI. So I do like those Voptex pretty much also. Yeah, their, their bristles um, apparently helped them gauge whether they could fit into tight spaces. Yeah. Um, and they had excellent low-light vision and very keen sensors. They were omnivorous, um, and they would they would uh, burrow for small mammals. Um, and apparently, according to some research done on crates, they may have been they they people think they may be sensitive to magnetic fields. Hmm. So that's quite quite interesting. But uh, basically, don't have a pork close to a vortex because they'll eat them. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just use Alex. You gotta be careful close to those vault decks. They might see you for something else. So it's not me. I'm just if you go to crate, just be careful. Apart from a saddle, you might need a, something to keep them at bay. So what which poem do you want to read for both of these great creatures? I'll let you pick this time. Okay, we'll do porgs. Okay. Uh, we'll do porgs. We'll do porgs. Uh, scampering back and forth, hopping up and down, scrambling south and north, but always with a frown. Even when they're happy, porgs just look ob abs uh, absurd. And yet, somehow, they're still the cutest kind of bird. They are the cutest bird. That was, that was great. That was sweet. Let's say hi to our friend Natalie from Force of Light Entertainment saying Alberto and Salacious, that do I didn't know I need. I need it. Thank you, Natalie, for being here as always. Yeah. Hi, Nat I mean, hi, hi Natalie the Red. <laughs> I'm Salacious the Red. Yeah. <laughs> salacious. Uh, yeah. I mean, great creatures in The Last Jedi. Porgs just skyrocketed into fame. We Everyone loved BBA when he came out and they knocked it out of the park with the. Uh, the ports in episode eight, another great addition to Star Wars creatures. And now we're coming to the tail end of our show and talking about The Rise of Skywalker, another controversial Star Wars movie, the last of the sequel trilogy, supposedly the last of the Skywalker saga. And here we do have a few creatures, not as much as some of the other Star Wars movies, but here, if you don't mind, we'll talk about our little friend, Babu Freak and the Vexes, that big snake that they find in Pasana. And of course, Babu Freak, one of the cutest. So let me take this out so you can, there you go, Babu Freak. Hey, hey it's Babu, one of my oldest friends, like C-3PO <laughs> said. <laughs> and C-3PO knocked it out of the park in that movie. I love C-3PO in. <laughs> Yeah. So Babu Freak and Vexes, do you have anything for them? I know they're pretty new, but do you have anything for them? Yeah, so um, the Vexus was a serpent uh, that was native to Pisana. Uh, it would burrow deep under the sides of Pisana, um, and it excreted oils from its skin to harden the sand that it passed through to form an expanding network of tunnels. And that's how mm -hmm. they explain how it would move through you know, the sand underneath. Yeah. Um, there was actually a Mandalorian house um, that had a signet of a coiled Vexus. Oh, so wow. I, I, I suspect we might see that in future canon because uh, it's referenced in Wikipedia. So oh, I, 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 yeah, we, we, we very well may see that. 
Um, but um, yeah, crazy design. It reminds me of the snake from Conan the Barbarian. I don't know if oh, you ever saw wow. that film. Yes. Uh, the no, House of Snake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Snakes are cool. Everyone likes snakes. I mean, at least seeing them through the glass, not really handling them. Uh, my son loves snakes, so I have to also. Uh, what the Vex is, like you mentioned, it's a great design. Didn't expect that it showed us a new force power when Ray does a force seal that we had seen a week before in The Mandalorian with Baby Yoda. So the Vex is another practical creature. They created this huge design before adding the CGI to it. We didn't expect to see that on Pasana, so it was a good addition also to the Star Wars creature collection. But when we're talking about new aliens and new creatures in Star Wars, everyone goes to the little Babu freak working with the the spice runners. So yeah, Babu Freak. What do you think about what do you think of Babu Freak? Well, we're cheating a little bit, aren't we? Because we've kind yeah. of stuck to, we've kind of stuck to creatures, but we were struggling struggling a little bit with the rise of Scott Skywalker, mm-hmm. and we both did want to talk about Babu Freak because he is he is such a cutie. He's 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 an Anzellan male, um, and um, obviously a droid smith. Uh, and you're as you said, he used to work uh, with the Spice Runners, uh, an expert at reprogramming and modifying. Um, droids, um, but there's not a great deal that's known about him. It's kind of uh, droid memory goal blank. blank, blank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bubble Freak, it's just the design. I mean, this little tiny creature, I think they say it's like eight or nine inches tall. They made the, made the Funko Pop the same size, so what's usually a large Funko Pop is the same size as Bubble Freak. Uh, the person that does the voice created that whole language for him, so she did a great job. And the puppeteering work behind it, it's so awesome, so difficult to do. If you saw the Rise of Skywalker that behind the scene documentary, they show all the workings of Babu Freak with all the cables coming out just to make it work. It's just in that technical term, it's a great achievement. And making something like that that just so adorable is another kind of tip of the hat to the people working over there at Lucasfilm um, ILM Studios. For sure, for sure. All right, so any points for them or no? Sorry, no. Oh, that's fine. Um, <laughs> do you have any honorable mentions that you want to talk about before we move to our Rebel Thoughts and one of our fans' questions? I think um, it would probably um, be worth just mentioning um, Rebels because there were sure. so many good creatures in Rebels. Um uh, so many spring to mind. The puffer pigs uh, bring yeah. come to my mind. Uh, do you remember those? Yes, yes. In that episode with with Lando, he's trying to smuggle a few of them. They puff up inside the ship and create chaos everywhere. I know, and and a lot of people complain about some of the more childish episodes of Rebels, but I don't know. It just tickles me some of those episodes, and the yeah. puff the puffer pigs uh, uh, tickle me quite a bit. So I, I do like those. Um, and, um, there was, oh, the wolves, what were the wolves yeah, called? Yeah, the lost wolves. Oh, yes, they were beautiful, absolutely, I really love those designs, and, um, and I, I, we're going to see more of those, I think, because they're entwined with the Force, aren't they, somehow, mystical creatures, yeah, and even the, go ahead. sorry, 
Uh, yeah, and even the Purgles, I think, will... Not everyone liked the Purgles, but I think we'll get Purgles coming back at some point. Yeah, I turned the corner on Purgles. Um, they show up, I think, twice in Rebels. First time that I saw them, it's like, same thing, like we mentioned before, when I kind of talk a little about the space log, it's like, really, uh, whales in space traveling through hyperspace? Doesn't make sense. It's Star Wars. Yes. It doesn't need to make sense. It just looks cool that there's space creatures, which of course there's going to be creatures in space that have evolved to travel through hyperspace. And what better than this whale octopus thing? And then, of course, the way Rebel ends, the Purgos are a big part of it. So, yes, I'm sure we're going to see Purgos again with all the rumors about the Ahsoka show. And if Ezra comes back and Thrawn, Purgos have to be introduced somehow. And now in live action, they can do that. Um, like you mentioned in Rebels, the Popper Figs, the Loth Wolf, of course, the Loth Cats are pretty awesome. We also saw them in Mandalorian in season yes. one, I believe. And there's a lot of great creatures, more in Rebels and in Clone Wars. And also, like I said before, even Resistance has some great creatures and Mandalorian. Whew. All right. So I think that does it for our talk on favorite creatures in star wars so for you guys in the chat thank you guys for letting us know some of your favorite creatures if you're watching this later on the replay make sure to let us know in the comments some of your favorite creatures let salacious know what you think about kawakia monkey lizards and yeah if you want listening to this later on the audio podcast let uh, send us a message on twitter and let us know also what are some of your favorite creatures in star wars so with that We'll move to one of my favorite parts of the show, and it's when I listen to you guys in our at our segment called Rebel Thoughts. So either you guys send me questions based on the show, anything we want to discuss, or just your re- general thoughts on the topic of Star Wars. And today, our Rebel Thought comes from Alfie Mulinaro from the Rule the Galaxy podcast. And he writes that his favorite creature is the Rancor, which we discussed a few minutes ago. Um, His sons like the Rathars that we also talked about, but he mentions the Ragouls. And that's a deep, deep cut, one that I didn't know about, and I have to search. So what are Ragouls? If you guys know, great for you guys. We had to find this out. So Ragouls are from the Old Republic, from those games. And let me show you a picture of a Ragul, and then I'll explain what they are. So there you go. That's a Ragul. No, that's not it. Sorry. There we go. A Ragul from the Old Republic. So Alfie Molinaro, he likes the three R's, Rancor, Rathars, and Ragul. So real quick, you gave us some information about the other creatures. I'll read this one. So for people that don't know, Ragholes were a type of Sith spawn mutants engineered by the Sith Lord Karnes Moor, desiring an army to rule over and seeking a way to cheat death as so many Sith before and after him did. He forged a talisman that he poured his spirit and power into, one that eventually came to be known as the Moor Talisman. It could turn almost any sentient being near him into a mindless Ragool which he could control. So look at that. That is quintessential a Star Wars creature that you could see anywhere in the original trilogy. A weird-looking creature, kind of a mixture between a rancor and something else. Uh-huh. But 
imbued with dark side energy and dark side power so this Sith Lord could control and take over. What do you think of the Rakuls? Do you know, I, I think, if I remember, the first level of Star Wars The Old Republic, you play as a Sith and you go to Korriban and you begin Sith training, and I think they are on Korriban. Okay. Someone, someone might correct me in the chat, but um, but yeah, they 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 look all Sithy, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they are very Sithy. So I'll I'll say it. I lost my Star Wars cred. I haven't played the Old Republic, so I don't know. Uh, my brother has. He keeps telling me to play Knights of the Old Republic. I didn't know anything about the Ragul. So thank you to Alfie and his sons, which which mentioned the Ragul. So very cool creature. All right. So with that said, I think we've reached the end of our show could you believe it sal and bob we've reached the end of our show um thank you for being here this has been awesome talking to both of you guys it has been great we've talked about this before um when you guys were in the chat then we started talking on twitter had to get you here at some point to talk with the two of you i think we had a great show well, thanks for having us, uh, Alberto. I've, I've I've really enjoyed it, and I, I can't believe I'm on here. To be honest, you're one of my hero- you're one of my heroes. So, thanks for having us. That's high praise. Thank you. It's always it's always humbling to hear th- uh, words like those. So, thank you both of you for being here. We had a great show, like I just mentioned. So, can you tell our listeners and our watchers where can they find Salacious and Bob and everything out there that you guys are doing? Yeah, so we've got a website. It's called it's salaciousrum.com, and uh, you can there you can get links to all of our other uh, bits of social media and listen to our music and things like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got a YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash salaciousrum. So please hop on over and subscribe if you can uh, for some silly, quacky, and monkey lizard videos. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at salaciousrum. Uh, on TikTok at salacious underscore rum, you regret asking me this now, Alberto, because we've got a lot. <laughs> um, I'm on uh, Facebook, which is at salacious r. Um, if you do like listening to music, you, you head over to our SoundCloud account, uh, which is soundcloud.com uh, forward slash salacious rum, and you can download all of our music. Um, and we do have a podcast that we do with um, with with three other guys um oakhurst studios sean solo eight and a dude's nerdery it's called free men and a monkey lizard and it's on directly after this at at midnight uk time and it's on we rotate it around each of our channels um and it's on a dude's nerdery um channel tonight but you can access all the episodes on a playlist on, on my website if you can't find that one um and we also distribute that um via anchor to spotify and apple podcasts and google podcasts so if you search free men and a monkey lizard you use the number free rather than write it um and you can if you could follow us uh, that would be amazing so we're, we're just we're just starting out alberto we've done eight episodes so we're still finding our feet a little bit yeah it, it takes time, but you'll see by next time you look, you'll be on 25. It goes by fast. So, yeah, for all you guys watching this today, uh, make sure to jump on to that channel. Watch it later in about 40 minutes or a little bit less. Jump there. Sal and his fans are gonna, and his friends are going to be there. Um, for us, you know where to find us if you're watching this. Um, make sure that you, like I mentioned before, like the video, 
comment below uh, if you're watching this on the replay and subscribe to the channel so we can get to those 100. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Rebel Pod. You can see our website at, I mean, Radio Rebel Podcast. What is it? I even forget the name. Radio Rebellion Podcast wordpress.com you'll see some book reviews i'll be doing the victory prize in a few days i'll be putting it up there you can listen to this the audio podcast when it comes out on monday on all your podcast listening stations so make sure that you leave us a comment and i mean a rating and a review and subscribe to so you don't lose you don't miss any new episodes new episodes here every saturday at five next week we're finally going to be talking about the great Claudia Gray book, Into the Dark, with our friend Andres um, Alvarez from the 60 Minutes is going to be here. We're going to be talking about Into the Dark spoiler review. So if you've read that great book, make sure to join us next week. Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat. You guys did great, great show. You guys are saying great show, great show to you guys because you make this as fun as it always is. Thank you for a lot of new friends that tune in today. Thank you again to our guests. Bob and Sal for making this show as good as it always is. So with that said, as always, thank you guys. Stay safe, be safe, and may the force be with you. Radio Rebellion.